Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated. A no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere and always home of the free maintenance for life. Welcome into halftime. Hot Tuesday across the natural state. You just leave the word hot off there because if there's, a, if there's a day now, it's hot. So you just get past the weather. I think a little earlier than, uh, than usual. It is great to be with you today. Phil Elson, Matty T., Drew Barrett for the next couple of hours. One guest, Alyssa Orange. 39 days until Arkansas football begins. We're going to have uh, fall camp starting sometime next week uh, is the going thought. Don't have the official date that it's going to start, but it'll get, uh, get going at some point next week. Uh, there is an event later tonight in Fayetteville with uh, Sam Pittman and the entire Arkansas football coaching staff uh, meeting with uh, sponsors and kind of uh, just a, a mingling kind of a thing, a get-to-know-you kind of a thing uh, on uh, at an undisclosed location on Dixon Street. And uh, so things are kind of starting to come together because in about a week and a half they're going to be just up the road at uh, the Smith Center getting ready for practice. And uh, we'll have some uh, hard topics to hit on. And today, and I was looking, guys, I was looking at the schedule, the composite schedule on the SEC website, and I always love looking at this. It's a great mm-hmm. tool to utilize throughout the year when you're trying to pay attention to what's going on on a week-by-week basis. They just have every single game right there for you on one page. It's not a – I love when they. I love when they'll put – like the uh, what is that uh, Twitter account? SEC baseball will have the helmet schedule. You get a helmet schedule the hat too. Schedule, yeah, yeah. It's a little easier sometimes where it's just words. And and I, I'm looking through this and I'm really like we're 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 kind of fired up this year because Arkansas has seven home games in Fayetteville and for a university that used to occasionally play two neutral site games and we're counting Little Rock as neutral site even though it's not really mm. it's not a it's not a home game on campus uh there've been years where you've had what four games in Fayetteville uh and yeah i guess due to you know little rock games and back when i mean you know you, you unfortunately do have some seasons where you only have six home games so that does that pans out so this is this is one of the years that it would have been a you would your game against A and M would have been you'd have been in Kyle Field so mm-hmm. uh, instead of it being a home game so you get a chance for seven home games in Fayetteville this year and it feels like like uh, like an embarrassment of riches for a fan base that's just not used to having this many games uh, at their home stadium which has been renovated and then renovated again. Uh, I think since the last time you had anything resembling this many home games, it's ever, if it's ever even happened before. Uh, 
And 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 yet I'm looking I'm looking through the schedule here, and I'm I'm noticing that that doesn't even. There are two schools that are playing eight home games this year. I noticed one at SEC Media Days because you know when the coaches are talking, they have you know the the screen behind them and it flashes different things. You know, talks flashes the coach's name, the three players there, and then also the schedule. And the one that I noticed was Kentucky because you look at that schedule, and for most teams, you'd think snooze fest, cakewalk. I mean, it's ultimately embarrassing what they're doing outside of conference. I mean, you've got Miami, Youngstown, Northern Illinois, and uh, who else is that out of conference? I guess Louisville is their only non uh, conference opponent that is uh, worth a darn, if you could say that. But the other thing that jumped off the page was how many times they're going to be in Lexington. Yeah, I mean, how'd yeah. they work that one out? Aside from playing essentially a MAC non-conference mm-hmm. schedule, though I, th- I know Youngstown State's not on the MAC. They've been FCS, uh, but they're still. I mean, it's an Ohio school, so it mm-hmm. feels like it might as well be the MAC anyway. Easy travel, I guess, for those schools to. Come I'm, I'm going to guess Youngstown is probably three hours from Lexington, if that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And Auburn is the other team uh, that has eight home games, and the Tigers don't even go away from. Jordan Hare Stadium until week six. Ooh. And hey, their first road game is also the first place where Arkansas played on the road last year. And I don't count Jerry World as a road game because that's neutral site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of on the road. Uh, maybe the way to put it is it's not an away game. Like going away from your home stadium is traveling on the road. Playing on an opponent's home field is an away game. Maybe that's the right way to put it. But Auburn, I mean, Arkansas's first road game or away game last year was Athens, and we know how that worked out. So that's con- that that's going to be Auburn's first road game. But up until that, I mean, they have six games at home. I, I mean, you're not you're not even leaving. They're not even leaving their own <laughs> campus not even leaving their own campus until the middle of October, and by that point, the season is a little bit more than halfway done. It's, it's, it's wild to think about that. Like, it's, it's difficult. It, you know full well. I mean, SEC teams are not going to be traveling for too many non-conference road games, mm-hmm. although there are, there are some interesting ones this year. Alabama, week two at Texas. Uh, you've got... Tennessee week two, you got a ton of actually pretty interesting road games for SEC teams out of out of conference. Bama at Texas, Tennessee makes the return visit to Pitt after losing to Pitt in Knoxville last year in a tight one. Uh, Mike Leach taking Mississippi State to visit Arizona and Mizzou and Kansas State. I know you'd be glued to your TV sets for that one. Week two, Ole Miss and Georgia Tech. In Atlanta the week after that, Florida at Florida State, and then USC at Clemson, teams that are playing every year against each other. There was a week 12 games. I, I want to count Arkansas at BYU, but BYU is not a Power 5 opponent yet. Not yet. Uh, they, they will be sort, next year in twenty. They sort of are-ish, you know, a power independent. Mm-hmm. Like, you would count Notre Dame on the road as being a power five opponent, but we're not counting BYU as the same way, even though we probably should. We probably should. I mean, BYU's won a national title, and it's not like you have to go back to the 1930s. They won one in the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, it's... Was it 84? I forget the exact year. Heck, I mean, you you look at Notre Dame. When's the last time Notre Dame won a national title? 80s? Late 80s? Yeah, late 80s. Like 88? I want to say it was about the same year as the last one the Dodgers had won before, you know, a few years back during COVID. So, like, 
I mean, how different really are they when it comes to independence and it comes to, you know, championships? I mean, yeah, Notre Dame, if you go all the way back, has a, a, a lot more. But, so does, I mean, modern era type of situation. I mean, how far off is BYU from, yeah, I mean, from they're Notre not the, Dame? They're not the equivalent of Notre Dame out west, but that is the top football playing independent out mm-hmm. west. Then you've got Notre Dame in the middle and the rest of the independents outside. You know, Liberty, too. I mean, Liberty is, is still a football independent. As far as I remember, they were last year. I think they still are now. And Arkansas will have them on the schedule, so you have a couple of pretty believe, good independents. I believe Liberty is one of the schools that is set to join Conference USA. Just not yet. Not yet, though. Well, and again, it feels like it feels like an embarrassment of riches because you have seven home games mm-hmm. this year. You were supposed to have seven home games 2020, but the shutdown made it five, and it was all SEC games. So now you're back to seven. But that's pretty much the going rate. Like, if you're an SEC team, you should be playing at least seven home games, unless you're Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt only has six, because who goes to their games anyway? Teams Opposing of the fans. opponent. Yeah. Teams of the opponent go to those games. That's exactly right. So why I, I, waste the money to have concessions open? For one extra game, you might as well, well that's go why on they, the road. That's why they're giving their their players another experience. So they visited Hawaii last year. They're going to Hawaii again this year. So, back to back trips to Honolulu. As I understand, that's right. Wow, lucky yeah. lucky players. Pretty good place to uh, to play football, right? Yeah, two wins a year and a trip to Hawaii whenever uh, whenever you open <laughs> the season. And then and 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 Vanderbilt's also the only SEC team that is going on the road against a non-Power 5 or Power Independent mm-hmm. football program taking on Northern Illinois in DeKalb on September the 17th. Uh, you always feel like no SEC team should ever be playing on the road against a non-Power 5 opponent or Power Independent opponent. It feels so weird, but if there's going to be one to do it, it, it is Vanderbilt. Wow. There's been some other schools that have done that before. I remember what? It was a Miami was supposed to play Miami, Florida, not Ohio, mm-hmm. the Hurricanes. They were supposed to play in Jonesboro at Arkansas State. I think that was four years ago, but there was a, a, a hurricane that, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that Miami couldn't leave. They never got there. The game was never played, and there was a whole back and forth. Might have been a little, a lot of threats of lawsuits and all of that. But you were saying, that would have been shocking to see the Hurricanes playing in Jonesboro. It would have been, it would have been weird. And I, and I get where you're coming from, and I think 99.9% of the people listening to this show right now are all nodding their head. Yes, yes, of course, Phil. Of course, I agree. That's exactly the way it should be. But I think we can differ, we can separate different levels of non-Power 5 conferences. And I think most people have already put two and two together and see where I'm going with this. Like, obviously, State played at Memphis last year. You know, Arkansas is set to play in Memphis later this decade. I mean, I don't think it's as, we've seen Ole Miss play in Memphis. We've seen Tennessee play in Memphis. We've seen, heck, we've seen... Half most of the SEC play in Memphis at one time or the other in, in the last 30 years. So I think it just depends on how that program is viewed and kind of what level of group and five, because whether people want to admit it or not, I don't think there really is a clear cut P6, but there is the group of five, the American and everybody else. I mean, when you've been in, you've been the one and only conference to represent the group of five conferences every single year in the playoff then, yeah, you've, you've separated yourself above everybody else. So I think, like, you know, if you were supposed to go to Cincinnati this year, I don't think that would have a weird feel to it. Do you want to call it the G4 plus one? Sure. Let's do it that. 
because that, that, that's kind of the way that we're, I guess we're looking at it in this sense. A G, there's no power six. No. There's probably at some point not even going to be a power five. You're going to end up with a G6. I don't know. There's too many numbers and letters thrown around here. But it just does feel weird. I know Arkansas did play at Colorado State, Calvert. I remember that. It didn't go very well. It felt odd. Now, Arkansas only... Um, um, it felt weird when Arkansas. Now it'd be weird if you had like a one Colorado it, State. Well, I think home and home are fine. You know, a lot of SEC teams. You look at two and ones. You know, you got to have something. Uh, you have to get something in return. But if an SEC team, which I'm guessing this is how Vanderbilt and Hawaii is working out, is ever playing a one and one for two? Nah, man, that, that's weird. That is really weird. That that, that shouldn't happen. That's extra vacation time. That's like their bowl game. Yeah. Because they know they're not going to a bowl game. Good Lord knows they're not going. It's a preseason bowl game. 877-377-6963 to get with us. On this Tuesday, halftime brought to you by Norris Material and Supply Flooring Center. Right now, they've got vinyl plank flooring in stock starting at 89 cents per square foot. You can take it home today. Plus, ceramic, laminate, waterproof flooring, natural stone, metal tile, They've got it all at Norris Material and Supply Flooring Center and the supplies to do it yourself or get professional installation. They'll even do countertops. Formerly Fort Smith Flooring, now Norris Material and Supply Flooring Center at the corner of Wheeler and Y, 803 South Y Street, 479-289-7111 or flooring.norrismms.com. Right back on this Tuesday, it's halftime. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get the bonus and get into the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I, I work under under contracts for both uh, the Razorbacks and for ESPN Arkansas. And, and basically the contracts say, you perform these services, you will make this money for those services. And it pretty much goes at that. Like there's the mm-hmm. other contract language that goes into it. You know, Non-competes law, and stuff like that. But. Yeah, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, indemnities. You know, how you can break a contract, who can break it, all that kind of stuff. I've never been told in a contract that I had to do X amount of hours of, of study. Like, it's, it's, I guess it's understood when you're doing sports play-by-play, you're not just doing the games. Mm-hmm. There's, there's work that leads into the games. Just like but doing this radio show. There's work that... Right. We don't just, you know, walk, like, obviously, everybody knows I'm here in the morning, but it's not like, Phil, it's not like you just roll out of bed and go, yeah. Here we go. We're going to win. There's there's prep time that goes into it. It's study, essentially, is what you want to look at it. And we all all were taught to study or study habits or learn those studies or didn't in in high school, university, you know, whatever level of education you achieved, you learned those study habits. And and look, there, there are times in life where just winging it might actually be the right way to handle things. You've got to be able to adjust. You've got to be able to go off script. And sometimes what you studied isn't what you face. So the, this whole thing of, of Kyler Murray's contract mm-hmm. uh, featuring an addendum where he must study at least four hours a week of his playbook, of plays, of film, 
and that and that they will apparently like will be watching him. When when I read the story about this addendum, and this is coming off the ESPN.com story. This addendum states that Mur- this is a quote. The addendum states that Murray doesn't get credit if he's not studying or watching the material while it plays on his tablet, or if he's playing video games or watching TV <laughs> or browsing the internet or texting while all of this stuff is playing on his tablet. You know, I mean, he he said he openly said. I don't need to study very much because I'm really good at noticing what's happening on the field and reading that. And, I mean, the guy's got to improvise just mm-hmm. because of the way he plays his position anyway. But I'm sort of mind-blown by this, that, that A, this, this, this addendum needs to be included in his contract, and B, that the Cardinals are even paying him this absurd amount of money when, admittedly, he didn't work all that hard during the week leading into the game. Like I'm not saying he doesn't practice hard. Practice and film study and and mm-hmm. and 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 play study are two different things. But from from what I know about football, man, the, these guys have to study awfully hard on a week by week basis. This is part of the job that goes into it. I would have expected that it's understood. You definitely would have expected, and it is shocking to to see this language and especially for it to become publicly known. This is something that, you know, I'm sure Kyler Murray and his team wanted to be under wraps, did not want to get out because it doesn't look good. It doesn't create a good image for him and definitely doesn't create a good image for his work ethic because nobody wants their employee or, you know, a quarterback of their favorite team to be a wing it guy. You know, you don't have a lot of faith in wing it guy. You know, you never want to get on, get on your your next flight and the pilot just goes, ah, I didn't really study today's uh, air patterns. I don't know what the weather's like. You know what? We'll get up there. We'll see how it goes. We're going to wing it. Yeah, that's not going to steal a lot of confidence in the passengers and to have a quarterback, the leader of your team, a.k.a. the pilot uh, of the offense, that doesn't instill a lot of confidence in, in his teammates. And this isn't something that you think would have to be explained, especially to a guy that plays the most important position in the most popular sport in all of the country. This well, should be thing. something that is understood and known. I mean, how many times do you hear uh, every single quarterback is the first guy in, last guy out? Well, it sounds like Kyle Murray's the last guy in, first guy out type of person. And, you know, you can't rely on talent forever. He yeah, might be able to get away with it now, but not in a couple of years. What he's relying on, I think, is 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 definitely his talent, and that talent also goes to, in his eyes, his ability to recognize what's happening on the field. And to me, what that means is I expect these plays to break down as soon as the ball is snapped because then I can just react to mm-hmm. things. Um, you know, and uh, that's the way uh, he plays. I mean, if you watch him, I mean, right. he, he's constantly moving. He, he doesn't let anything develop. And he, he's gotten lucky to this point, but eventually that luck is going to run out, just like – how he needs to study what defenses and defensive packages they're going to throw at him. I guarantee you, you don't have to pay the lim- the middle linebacker of the char- Chargers right now to watch film on on Kyler Murray. He's doing. I just I just wonder how much how much film work and and game study KJ Jefferson is putting in on a week by week basis. Chances are, it's more than four hours, and he doesn't have to be reminded mm-hmm. to do this. And KJ is also the kind of quarterback that. Look, I mean, he's got a different body type than Kyler Murray, but they they do play the position a, a little bit similar with the ability to run, threats, and the ability yeah. to get away from the rush, and, and all of that. I mean, KJ could theoretically have the same 
mindset, but I don't I don't think that's the case with him. It's just kind of, it's just, the quarterback needs to know. I mean anybody anybody on a football field needs to know what what your other 10 teammates at mm-hmm. that time are supposed to do. Like which way is your arrow drawn and what are you going after? And what are you doing when you get there? And and if things break down, where are you going from there? But out of everybody on the field, like the quarterback mm-hmm. has to know the direct where what everybody's responsibility is on every single play. That's why you're called the field general. And and even if it's like, oh yeah, so Kyler's really good at, at escaping the rush and improvising on the run and everything, and that's got and that's its own skill set. And the ability to extend plays is its own skill set. But if I'm if I'm if I'm any offensive player on the Arizona Cardinals, mm-hmm. uh, I want to know that my quarterback is putting in the same amount of work, if not more work, study, the boring stuff. Like, practice might be boring, but at least you're out on the field running around, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting in a room looking at an iPad or, or a playbook or, or film, I don't know. I mean, maybe to some people that are involved in the game, it's not that interesting. But I would imagine if you're a football player, like, then you've, you're speaking a guy, you're speaking his language then. Like, this is the stuff that... Guys that love football love to love to watch this stuff. How many media members do you know that love to break down film on oh, a day by day basis throughout the week? <laughs> We've got one on this station that loves to do that. You know, put put Zach and Kyler Murray's. Uh, let Zach do the studying for mm-hmm. Kyler Murray. Give him a little chunk of the money that Kyler's making. Let him be the study helper or the study aid of some sort. It's just crazy to think about that. It's like the idea of I'm just going to react. I'll just react. It's like a baseball player, the cleanup batter in the lineup. Uh, just being, you know what? I don't need to know what this pitcher throws. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter to me very much. I, you know, his strengths, and I'll just react to whatever it is he's throwing. That's little league stuff, right there. It is. I, it, just to go off that analogy, it's, it's, you know, I don't need to know where this um, um strike zone is. I don't need to know where I need to lay off and what I actually need to swing at because he's going to call a strike. When it comes to Kyler Murray and this whole situation, it, it's just appalling to to truly think that. Somebody is making that much money and is having to have it in writing that he will do his job. I mean, we're not talking, you know, that this is extra stuff. This is just your basic do your job, know your playbook, study your film. This is something that we've all done. I mean, at some level or another, you know, whether you've just played high school sports, college sports, you know, or you were lucky enough to play professionally. You studied film. You studied the playbook. You knew what you were doing. And and as the quarterback, like you said, you not just have to know what the defense is doing. You have to know what every single one of your guys are doing and what their tendencies are. I mean, you look at a guy like Kyler Murray who loves to get out and run. Well, you need to know that on this certain play, if a you know, play breaks down, well, what's my what's my guard supposed to do? Is he supposed to is he supposed to help out to the right and then go up towards the middle? Is he supposed to keep it out right? If I'm on the move, I need to know exactly where he's going going to be as much as I need to know where the defender's going to be because how many times do we see you know scrambling quarterbacks and linemen get all mixed up? And, and that comes from st- film study. That comes from knowing your your personnel. Yeah, that kind of stuff will catch up to you. I mean, he's got a $105 million guaranteed uh, on his contract. The contract's worth up to $230.5 million, but the guarantee's $105 million and needs a proctor at study hall. Mm-hmm. This is weird. This is very weird. If I was a Cardinals fan or if I were the Cardinals in and of themselves, I would feel very good about this. No. But then again, at least, at least Murray signed the contract, right? Yeah. At least he knows the proctor's going to be there. 
At least he knows he's on double secret probation <laughs> to make his $105 million. And at least he's going to go to study hall and study and not play video games. Or maybe he'll just find the Cliffs notes. Yeah. That's how we all got through high school. He'll figure out a way around it. Stay tuned. We're joined by Peak Troll Nation's Alyssa Orange next on Halftime. Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith may look like a small store from the outside, but they have a huge warehouse for storage, so they buy volume deals and have competitive pricing on all the top brands like Tito's, Crown Royal, Fireball, Jim Beam, and more. They also feature wellness products like Martha Stewart brand CBD. Give them a call today at 479-452-7311 or stop by and see them at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now, back to the podcast. We've got Alyssa Orange with us, Pig Trail Nation. Always appreciate her time on these Tuesdays. Alyssa, how you doing? How you how you making it through the heat? <laughs> Oof, well, I tell you what, I just got done giving my dog a bath at one of those like self wash places. Uh, so I smell like a wet dog at the moment. Uh, <laughs> and I have a giant husky, so he's a little uh hard to wrangle. But uh, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. So, so it must we, have taken we made a it while. back safely. We made it back safely home without any escape. So, giant, how long does it ta- how long does it take to get gi- a giant husky in a vehicle, uh, taxi to a a self wash place? Where I don't yeah. know what that must be like. Must do people watch you when you're when you're giving your dog a bath in one of these parking lot things? How long does this take? Well, yeah. So actually, I have tried the parking lot thing, and he refuses to go inside. So I don't <laughs> do those. Um, there's a place off Weddington that used to be called Bark and Paws. It's now like Barkberry. And I used to take my old dog there. So I go there, but they've got stalls that you can go inside because I can at least get Shep in the door. Now it takes two people to get him into the bath and to finally like calm down. But, uh, I let him go run out some energy at the dog park. So I left here about nine thirty. So was like a two hour round trip kind of job. All right. Well, everybody's clean and happy and still hot yeah. anyway. So we'll just, uh, well, uh, hopefully the next time you do it, it it's just as much fun. Um, yeah. I see ESPN's got out there, uh, I think Chris Lowe puts this out, about the, the toughest schedules, the easiest schedules. This is like three years in a row, man. Three years in a row, Arkansas has demonstrably the most difficult schedule in the entire country. Even when it was yeah. just an SEC schedule, it was the same idea. But, but when you hear Sam Pittman talk about this, it's it was a complaint. I think they complained about the way the 2020 schedule was put together for good reason. It's not complaining mm-hmm. after that. This program wears this schedule like a badge of honor. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he joked, and I think he first made this joke after Penn State win, because someone mentioned something about scheduling, and he goes, I always look at the schedule and saying, who's trying to fire me? Um, but it's been tough. And, you know, I think you kind of get to a point where if they're not going to cut you some slack, the SEC, well, then you might as well just embrace it and say, bring it on. They always say, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. So um, they've got that mentality on their shoulder. They were able to prove a year ago that they were able to handle that gauntlet um, to a degree. I think had things come differently, maybe they win that Auburn game, for example. I think they were just worn out after that Ole Miss battle uh, with that Auburn game. Um, but, you know, you're, you're Arkansas, and so you, you start to realize, like, well, hey, this might be the norm, and if it is, buckle up. And now you use it as a recruiting tool. Now Sam Pittman can go out there and be like, look, if you want to play the best of the best and be one of the best teams in the country, look at our schedule. 
we win these games, we're, we can compete for a national title. That's how good of a schedule we have. So why don't you just flip the script a little bit and use it uh, to your advantage in recruiting? I mean, honestly, when you look at the road games for Arkansas this year, and they're one of, they're one of. What are my notes here? Arkansas is one of seven, or pardon me, there's one, two, three, eleven programs that have seven home games, and it feels like it's a lot for Arkansas. He's just never had this many. BYU, I think, will be the toughest road game. It's the longest trip. Uh, yeah. Never been there before. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's a program you're, you're you're much more unfamiliar with. That to me looks like the toughest road game when you factor in. Starkville, uh, Mizzou, and Auburn. I, th- I think Provo, mm-hmm. it's weird to think that the toughest road game will be out of conference. Yeah, um, and I think a lot of it has to just do with the unknown, like you said, though, right? So you've never been to Provo or played BYU before, and, um, you know, we all know uh, those are grown men that play for places like BYU. These guys are big, they're good, they're talented, and just because they're not an SEC team, uh, they can kind of bully people around. Um, and that's kind of Arkansas's game, too, so I'm really interested to see how that goes. I think the one that has the most pressure is Auburn. You're trying to break a losing streak right now against Auburn, and it's tough to play um, inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. And so do you, do you let the pressure get to you uh, when you go in there? Because you're trying to obviously, depending on where they are, like win loss at that point of the schedule, but also break a losing streak. Uh, they did it against A and M, so that was good. Can again this year, but just from pure uh, your team versus my team, I think you're right. I think it is BYU. Yeah, it's definitely a, a daunting schedule. But you know, Arkansas also has uh, did. Did a lot to themselves, you know. When you do have a BYU, you have Cincinnati, and, and even a, a really good Liberty program led by Hugh Freeze at the moment. You know that that does add uh, to the chaos and to the um, strength of schedule when it comes to the whole thing. Alyssa, we were talking before you got on about the Kyler Murray story and about his um, the clause in his contract that says he has to have four hours worth of study. We all know KJ's not like that, but let's say you like. A story like that came out about KJ having to, people had to put tablets in his face. He had to study. How berserk would this entire state go to know that that was the type of leadership they had at their football team? Yeah, that's, I don't know. Like, that's just weird to me. The whole thing is weird. And um, for me, I like, like, KJ takes care of his business, right? Like, we mm. know that KJ's in the film room, and we know that KJ's watching film and doing the study and doing the tape. And so, I mean, if you have to tell your starting quarterback, like, hey, man, we're going to need you to do your homework. <laughs> but but they win games? Like, what do you, you know, you're winning mm. games, but you know your quarterback's kind of like maybe studying for the test this week? I don't know. That's just a weird vibe to me. Uh, but I think if you're winning games, people are like, whatever, you can do what you want. Um, but KJ's not like that, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it is nice that you definitely something that you don't have to worry about and something I don't have to uh, see on Arkansas Twitter because we know how uh, how uh, how bad it could possibly get. Uh, Alyssa, tomorrow basketball is going to uh, host some media members and mm-hmm. you're going to see some things and talk to Eric Musselman about uh, – this is huge. I, I'm super excited because the hype around this team it, it has just been I- incredible. Well, yeah. What are some things that you're you're hoping to get a glimpse at uh, tomorrow? All right, and are you well, able I'm to hoping, go? 
I'm, I'm hoping so. You know, that 4 o'clock time is tough for us people who are, you know, handcuffed to a 6 mm-hmm. o'clock newscast. But uh, we're going to try to make it work some way, somehow. Um, but, I mean, I really think and I hope that when we're there being able to see a little bit of practice, we can see some, you know, five-on-five stuff. Because you can get a little bit out of drills um, in terms of our guys making mistakes. Are they doing the drills the right way? Uh, but it's really in a five-on-five game competition where you're going to see exactly the the talent that is Nick Smith Jr. and Jordan Walsh, uh, Darian Ford coming in. You've got Anthony Black there, the new guys that they've added. But how are they feeling, and how is all of this talent working together? And I want to be able to see that in person. So I hope we get to see that. Uh, and, you know, Mutz is going to talk about, you know, his summer and, doing but they're about to go to europe and then they get to go to uh, maui and uh around thanksgiving so um it'll be a good idea to get a glimpse of what this team looks like um and look they're just trying to continue to keep this basketball team in the spotlight because there's so much hype around it Mm -hmm. you just want to feed off that energy and even though we're about to start football season you know it's it's always okay to talk about basketball men's basketball right now so um I know fans really, really want to see what we see and hear from us when we come back from what we saw on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I and I think you hit on one of the things that uh, it's got to be one reason why they're doing this outside of the idea that you know they can have these practices now because they're headed to they're headed uh, to uh, for a European trip. It's I mean you got football camp starting next week you just had sec media days it was just a month ago that the baseball season ended in omaha so you know basketball has still been men's basketball has still been part of the conversation because of the recruiting class because of the Mm -hmm. recent success and everything but this is also like a chance to say hey out of everything that's going on guys you know you're not going to forget about us I mean, when you look right. at the guy who's at the helm of the program, it's not, I mean, he must does like the attention, but that's also because it's good for the program. This is good for the program. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Eric Musselman is such a character on Facebook. He knows exactly what he's doing. But you look in, I mean, he's even commenting on posts that happened two years ago um, to get it back on people's feeds because this basketball team is relevant. And it will continue to be relevant and something people want to talk about uh, when the season's not starting and we're in the, the hype of football season. Um, it's keep, keep men's basketball at the forefront. Don't let it fall behind. Don't let it be like, oh, it's not basketball season right now, so we don't really need to talk about the men. I mean, they are continuing to stay on top of everything. I mean, you're seeing all of this stuff, these DJ videos that they've been doing all summer long. I mean, they are making sure, like, hey, we're, we're here, and, and it's basketball season 365 days of the year, if you ask us. So uh, they know exactly what they're doing, and they can do that now because of the hype that they've built with this recruiting class. Absolutely so. Hey, Alyssa, last thing here, um, and it's on it's on football. You heard Jimbo Fisher last week bring up, I think he might have just let it slip, at least of some of the schools that, that, that Texas A&M has been considered in for a scheduling pod whenever you do go to the scheduling pod, because I think you're going to go to nine games eventually. And Arkansas, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like, I kind of thought you might be in, in the same pod as, as A&M and Texas, but it doesn't look like that would be the case. If, if you were to play one of those two teams on an annual basis and you've had a really mm-hmm. good rivalry with A&M recently you know the rivalry with Texas is a lot of fun I'd rather them play Texas on an annual basis what do you say 
Yeah, I, gosh, that's tough because, okay, so personally, I would love to play A&M only because of the recent history with A&M. And when I got here, my uncle's an Aggie. Everyone understands my feelings towards Jimbo Fisher. Um, and I would just love for them to beat the Aggies all the time. Like, I would love that. I would love to see it. I think Arkansas fans would love to see it too, but I understand the history. I understand the history with Texas, and maybe this is Arkansas's opportunity to put Texas on notice because we also know that Texas doesn't really see Arkansas as a rival. They don't see it like a lot of these Razorback fans of old remember from the Southwest Conference. So maybe this is Arkansas's opportunity to be like, we're not the little brother anymore. So, gosh, that's tough, but... Um, I, I might have to just say Texas for the nostalgia, but man, I'd love to Jimbo Fisher every year. That'd be yeah. glorious. Mm-hmm. Just was from the, some of the stuff Greg Sankey was saying. I mean, he pointed out to two rivalries that can be reborn uh, with OU and mm-hmm. Texas joining, and one of them was never even born, and it's Arkansas-OU and it's Arkansas-Texas, and it doesn't seem like yeah. you can end up playing either of them on a, on an annual basis. Not that you'd expect to play Texas and OU on an annual basis, but I think you would expect to play at least one of them uh, on mm-hmm. an annual basis. Um, all right, that would Alyssa, be fun. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I just get them into the league now. I mean, let's let's forget about yeah. all this waiting stuff, man. These contracts. Yeah. Don't forget to stop. I don't think anybody wants to wait. I think it's all the the lawyers. It's all their fault. <laughs> the legal oh. garbage. Ugh. It's always an easy thing to blame, <laughs> and I'll, I'll go with I'll go along with you there, Alyssa. Appreciate you. Stay stay cool if you can. Thanks, guys. You too. Appreciate it, Alyssa. Alyssa's always cool. It's pretty easy for her to do that. Hey, you might have heard just a moment ago, Ty is at the Hardee's in Salisaw for another qualifying round of the Hardee's Thick Burger Eating Contest for a football trip of a lifetime. If you qualify, the only way to qualify is by going over there, there today until 1 o'clock in the afternoon and down yourself a Hardee's third-pound thick burger in 90 seconds or less. Not 91 seconds, not 90 and a half seconds, not even 90.1. Got to be at 90.0 and under, and you're qualified to enter the finals, which is August 20th, and the winner for the football trip of a lifetime gets tickets to see the Chiefs and the Titans in Kansas City on November 6th. Football trip of a lifetime ties there at Hardy Salisaw right now through 1 o'clock. Wrapping up the first hour of halftime next. This is for the men who never settle, the ones who miss the fairway all day and still pull out the big stick, the type of guys who will always prefer to be behind the grill than in front of the camera, and the men who never let their friends forget about a high school nickname. This is the Lodge mentality. This is Twin Peaks. Who wants to settle for a single TV? With more TVs, bigger screens, plus our fabulous scenic views, there's more to watch at Twin Peaks. 877-377-6963 as we wrap up our first hour here on Halftime on a Boiling Hot Tuesday. I wonder if the fish are boiling in the river. We got the tuna. Charlie is on hold right now. Charlie is a little hot where you're swimming today. How are you? Man, I wish I was swimming. It is freaking burning up, man. No kidding. Uh, This beautiful dog is about to walk past me. Let me go forward so she don't hear a word I say. Hang on. Uh, anyway, we never know, if, we never know what's going to come out on these <laughs> on these calls uh, when you when you head outside, but it's okay. No, you never know. But now I got away from. Her. Anyway, um, I want to say, uh, Drew, you were down there all last week uh, with some of those with all the different coaches mm-hmm. and stuff. And if you had to compare, you know, Sam Pittman is one of the most genuine human beings when you when you listen to him in all these interviews and then you obviously see media days you feel like 
he's not just telling you, you know, coach speak. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about when you're when you're listening to him interview. He he's really talking how he would talk. You know, at any point. Yeah. So no, I, I agree with Charlie. I, I, that that is one thing that does come off about Sam Pittman. I think that's why so many people nationally uh, in the media and just national fans. Uh, really gravitate towards Sam Pittman and what he's doing at Arkansas is because, you know, he just seems like the no BS type of guy. What he tells you is what he means. What he shows you is who he is. And and that's why, you know, obviously Arkansas has had to win, and they have, but that's a huge reason of why Arkansas is getting the love that it's getting this offseason, not just because of how good KJ is, but just how (laughs) likable Sam Pittman is just as a human being and, and as a football well, coach. Well, and I think the kids, I, I'm going to be honest, and you're the same age as me, we relate to that well. Mm. I mean, you know, we, we want to hear the real, you know, it's a little different than, and I'm not saying Nick Saban doesn't relate to kids, but, you know, he's going to cuss you out and that's it. But, you know, I, and he can do that because he's sent so many guys <laughs> to the league. But if you had to look at another coach that was there and you wanted to just say, compare, everybody's different, I get mm-hmm. it. But if you felt like he was really genuine up on that podium, I've heard some good things about the Tennessee coach. I don't know much about him. Would you? Would that be somebody you might compare him to or the guy from Kentucky, Mark Stoops? Kind of genuine. Mm-hmm. They seem real. I mean, if you had to pick somebody. And then before I go, I know y'all running up against it. I'm going to say this as far as receiver goes, and I'm going to pick someone. Now, I'm not saying he's going to have 1,500 yards, but I'm just going to take a big – guess right here at who's going to lead this team in receiving. And a lot of people may not say this if they were a betting man, but it's going to be Keetron Jackson. And I could be 100% wrong. It could be Hasselwood. It could be Thompson. It could be whoever. But that's who I'm going with. I think Keetron is going to take that step forward. I appreciate it, guys. And I'll hang up listen. Y'all have a Charlie, good day. Charlie, Charlie, it's, it's good to hear from you, man. You know, and, 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 and look, I think, I think Sam Pittman comes off as, as highly genuine, and he won't say things that make your eyes roll. Mm-hmm. Like when Jimbo Fisher is talking about he and Nick Saban are fine now, eyes are rolling into the back of your head. When Clark Lee, even if he's jokingly saying, and I don't think he was, that Vanderbilt's going to eventually be the best football program in the Somebody's country. Somebody's got to believe Look, him. I understand you're the head coach of that team, so you got to say something like that, but puh. Mm-hmm. Like, like, don't go up there and say things that we know are demonstrably false, that are lies in some cases. And the thing with Sam too uh, is that he does say so. He does go past coach speak. Now he doesn't ever, you know, show his full hand of cards, but he gives you more than what other coaches do. He really he's does. Little, he's a little guarded in some of the a things that he'll bit, say, but, but it's not in coach speak. It still comes across as genuine. Mm-hmm. You understand why he's not delving into. The, uh, the details. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've noticed this the moment Sam Pittman ever came on campus and started talking about how he viewed Arkansas football. That's why you believe that what that man says. Stop by Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue. They have a huge selection of beers, wines, and liquors, and competitive pricing on all the top brands. Dave and the crew at Eastside Liquor always provide friendly service and assistance, like carrying your purchases to your vehicle and the convenient drive through service. Give them a call at 479-452-7311. Now, back to the podcast. Second hour of halftime, right at the opposite of the witching hour. Uh, Phil Elson, I'm at Baum Walker Stadium currently in the radio booth. Uh, guys have a kids' clinic uh, that looks like it is wrapping up shortly. It's a good thing, too. <laughs> in 100 degrees. 
Drew Barrett, it's Matt a little toasty Keith, out there, ain't it? At ESPN, ArkansasHitThatLine.com headquarters. And uh, we got you for the next 60 minutes. No guests, just you and us at 877-377-6963. I did do my power walking yesterday, though. I was pretty proud of myself. Now, I didn't do the full three miles. I only did I only did 2.1. I cut it a little short, but I still went out there and did it. So I'm, I'm, I'm is, real proud of myself. This is the time of the year where it's a little bit difficult to stick to your... Now, today, I don't know. Your workout routine. It's already too hot today. I mean, it's pretty important if you're going to get outside to find if you're if you insist on 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 getting in your daily mm-hmm. run and you got to do it, you know, before dinner. If you got to cook dinner for the kids and everything, and you know that your your day just isn't complete without getting outside and getting in a workout, like you got to find the paths with some sort of shade because without that, man. I mean, I was out I was out on a on a on a pontoon boat on the intracoastal waterway with my friends in North Carolina Sunday morning before I left and out there for an hour, even mm-hmm. put on sunblock. And I still, you know how you've got those, you can see exactly how far down my leg my sh- my shorts went. That's <laughs> yeah. where the burn begins. Yeah, those Bright lines going. red, man. Bright red. Even though I put the stuff on. So, yeah, I got to get back into it at some point. But it's going to have to, like I told you yesterday, mm-hmm. Drew, you're going to need to wake up at 2 in the morning, 3 in the morning to get in your stuff and then be a part of the morning rush. And and, and you'll be ready to go to sleep by by the time we're into the second hour. Yeah, after. I was about to say, my my bedtime would move up to about three three thirty in the afternoon if that was the case because I would just be absolutely exhausted. Now, the place, my, my trail that I normally go on, it is does have a lot of shade. So, it's not too bad, but still, you can just feel that humidity on you. It's just, ugh. I don't know if I'm, I'm going to try to go today. I just don't know if I have the motivation because, I mean, I did so well yesterday. Like, one day back, I feel like I'd already deserve a cheat day. You know, you're not allowed <laughs> to do two-a-days anymore for football practice. No. But, this, you know, I mean, back when you were allowed to do two-a-days, um, I know we had heat waves and everything. Oh, I hate nothing, it two Nothing quite like this. Nothing quite like this. I can just imagine how miserable it's going to be for uh, those guys mm-hmm. just down the road at the Smith Center to strap on, even if they're not doing pads, even if mm-hmm. it's just shorts and helmets or the spiders or whatnot. Oh, man, it's it's just... And, and, and look, by the time you start the season, you're still going to be at the point of the year where you could have 100 degrees on the first game of the year uh, in, in late August, early September. So I, just, I guess you just got to find a way to acclimate yourself to it, and that's what it's all about right now. Jesse in Mount Home says he's trying to get in a mile or two uh, right now, uh, this afternoon. <laughs> One of those heavy full-body sweats. How long does oh, yeah. it take to get a heavy full-body sweat right now? Just walk outside. Yeah, pretty much. Five seconds later, you got it. They've turned off the air conditioning in the Ballmarker oh, Stadium you're about press to get box. One. For very good reason. Like, nobody comes up here these days. Nobody comes up here. Not the sweet holders. Uh, there's nobody, there's no construction in the press box because all the construction was finished last year. There are no games to cover. I guess they'll have to turn the, the stuff on once we get into October and it's fall ball time mm-hmm. and people actually come out and, and cover what's going on there. But, like, this is usually the visiting radio booth at Baum is usually the coldest room in the entire stadium outside of the refrigerators mm-hmm. where they store the beer. Uh, but it's usually the coldest room in the in the entire park. It's the exact opposite of it today. Like, how do you get a sweat right now? 
sit in this radio booth for five minutes and you'll get one. I yeah, should have been. I should have brought a bathing suit to do the show this afternoon. Sounds like you're practically practically in a sauna right now. And the thing, I I feel bad. You know, I, I don't. Let me rephrase that. Like it's going to, it's going to be bad for the player for the Razorback players. You know, getting adjusted this heat with the heat wave and where how it doesn't feel like it's ever going to break. The people that I feel the worst for are the high school players because I remember being you know one of those high school players doing two a day. Now they obviously don't do two a days, but I remember going through two a days and you know the early morning dew and it's like still like ninety degrees out. We did popcorn drills, up downs, those type of things early in the morning. Then all your conditioning later that day, and it's just the heat never wants to break. I, I drove by um, a high school team practicing over the weekend at. I think it was like at 2.30 in the afternoon, oh. and I just fell. I just looked at it, and I was like, oh, man. I miss football, but I definitely don't miss that. I don't know right. anybody that misses, you know, football practice in the middle of the day in the middle of July. No one, no one misses that. We got a lot of listeners who played high school football, college football. Did you ever enjoy it, the two-a-days, or was this no. just something you completely dreaded? Because I didn't play football. I never practiced for football. I played two sports, basketball and baseball. I would not have enjoyed two basketball mm-hmm. practices uh, in one day, especially since we finished basketball pr- every practice with suicides. Mm-hmm. Like, that's enough to make you puke and not want to come back even the next day. Baseball practice? I would though, have enjoyed it, two could, of those. I could have done that. You get me set for two bad oh, yeah. practices. No problem. I'll even go out and shag an extra 45 minutes <sighs> if I get another four or five rounds. As a PO, that was my favorite time of practice. Get to go out there and show that I can actually be an athlete. That I can do more than throw a ball uh, 60 feet, 6 inches. Like, that was my... I loved baseball practice. Like, they were having the conversation on the morning rush of, like, horror stories and things that um, you hated from, from practice. And especially this time during the summer... And, of course, I have all the football horror nightmares, the 100-yard ladders, the, uh, you know, I was telling them off air. Um, most people, if they hear Sardis, Mississippi, think of the hometown of K.J. Jefferson. When I think mm-hmm. of Sardis, Mississippi, I think of the Sardis, Mississippi Dam, which there is a camp around the lake that once during two-a-days week, our coach would drive us down there in the bus. It's about an hour, hour and 15 minutes you know, just south of the Tennessee border where I'm from, Tennessee and Mississippi. And it's one of those dams that go out like this and then levy off and then go straight up a little bit more, levy off and then straight up a little more and then straight up. And it gets steeper and steeper as you go. I probably had to run up that thing about 15, 20 times on the light side in one day. It is absolutely brutal. Like, Every time I see K.J. Jefferson's name with Sardis, Mississippi, I have have flashbacks. It is absolutely terrible. But thinking about baseball practices, outside of a few coaches that, you know, you tick off and instead of running five poles, you run ten. You know, instead of, you know, doing a a few first to seconds, you end up doing, you know, five or six. Baseball practice is always fun. Like, I can't remember one time where Getting I ever... out there throwing cons- the ball around with the boys. That's exactly. what it is. I never... I, there's not one time in my life I ever contemplated of going, you know what? Is this really worth it? Is about feeling like I'm about to puke my guts up worth it? Never had that feeling. Loved every second of it. Well, I enjoyed it too. I don't think I would have enjoyed football practice, but it's like, I forget the player, the Arkansas football player that lost a ton of weight before the draft running up and down the stairs uh, between 
the, the, the athletics portion of campus and up by the main portion of mm-hmm. campus. I mean, anybody that's walked those, even just, even just walked those stairs, you know what your, what your right. calves feel like by the time you've gotten to the top of it. And, uh, and man, when I did run, it was, it was all about finishing on, on, uh, on a hill mm-hmm. at the very end and coming as close to throwing up as I possibly could. It, not, and it wasn't necessarily because of the heat, but man, today would be one of those days. Just be, you know what? I just, I think if 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 running, if running once a day is going to add any time to my life, mm-hmm. today would be the day. Be like, you know what? Maybe a shorter life is okay by a couple of days. That's all. Yeah, I mean, and what what's a day here or there when I'm 95? Like, come on, it's all it's it's all downhill after 90, right? So, you know, what's what's one day? I'd ra- I'd rather enjoy a nice day in the AC today than figure out what what I'm what I'm missing in in 20 2077 I don't know right I don't you know, know if I'll make my, it that long but my my high school baseball coach was also the football coach he mm-hmm. took over he took over baseball after the initial baseball coach retired and he the, the, the baseball coach had been there for like 30 years football coach just kind of takes over he was not a baseball guy first no. and foremost oh, they never he, are. you could kind of you could kind of tell the way that he even threw batting practice, sometimes he would throw it underarm, mm-hmm. like a softball pitcher, but fast. Did he like, still wear the uniform? Did they... How am I? He didn't. He didn't wear the uniform oh. during the game. He would have looked a little bit silly. Oh, he's not a baseball guy. Then come on, you got to wear the uni. Yeah, and I think he had something going on with the athletic trainer in the uh, in the in the offices of the field mm-hmm. too. We also shared the practice field with the football team. So during. During and plus, it's it's Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and foot baseball season began in February, which is really a lot of fun to be outdoors oh, in February sure. in Pittsburgh playing baseball with metal bats. But we would have to practice in the gym, which it's at five in the morning, which was just a just a heck of a lot of fun. Anyway, this guy, this like. If he was sadistic on the football team, mm-hmm. he was the exact opposite towards us. He's <laughs> like, I'm going to run the football team into the ground. I'm going to let the baseball team do whatever, whatever the hell they want to do because it's just extra money for me at this point. And this also was the guy, by the way, that was able to get Curtis Martin, Hall of Fame running mm-hmm. back, to finally play high school football. He played one year of high school football my freshman year, and it was for this coach, Mark Whitgardner, who never had a baseball player go – uh, go pro, but he had one of the greater, hey. one of the great running backs in NFL history there for him. Eight seven seven three seven seven sixty nine sixty three. What do you remember from your ex- from your experiences as a high school or college football player in two days? And how many times did you throw up when you gave it a shot? We got Eddie on hold here. Hey Eddie, did, Eddie, did you play football in high school? And was it Clarksville where you would have gone to high school? And did you play? No, sir. I grew up. And Benton and Bryant. Okay. Um, finished my last uh, junior and senior seasons at uh, Bryant. And what a program down there they have now. But I say this. Yes, I played football, played baseball. Wasn't quite tall enough to play basketball. Loved sports. I grew up with it. And so, yeah, when you're running, we had a hill in Benton. Between separate Benton High School and Eastside Junior High. And we'd run that hill. Let me say this. Yes, I, I, I barked many times, but uh, I, like I said, I just wish I had the heart, but I didn't have the size. Let me, and I heard Eddie, so do you ever feel like times. you get pretty, Eddie, you get pretty worked up on the phone calls as you might during football practices too. Have you ever gotten yourself worked up on a phone call to a sports show where you threw up at the end of it? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I can't say I've done that, sir. You know, I've been passionate. That's <laughs> okay. This is America. You know what I mean? I'm passionate about the whole thing. I, and this is a program in general. Uh, especially football has a special place in my heart. Because when I grew up in the 70s and the late, early 80s, you know, the Texas Longhorns. I mean, what a rivalry. And let's have touched on that while ago. Which you'd like to play A&M. But what a recruit. Not that you can't recruit playing A&M. But you don't get the rivalry with the, the Hook'em Horns and versus the Wolfpack Suey. And I said before, I mean, part of the Simon College football is due to this robbery. That's a fact. Let me say this. Well, I see, I kind of feel like this, sir. Uh, no doubt Coach Musselman has come in to the U of A and built it and brought national respect back to a program and recruiting on the highest level. I kind of feel like Coach Pittman has done the same thing in a football program. Not only has he brought the jukebox, he's brought recruiting. That was the highest I haven't seen in a while. And it's going to continue to get better. And how do you do that? Well, you win in the SEC. And so that's what's taking place. And to me, that's what's it. That's why I picked this to win 11 games this season. People say you're crazy. No, I'm not. Because when you go into battle, you better have some MO. And what is the MO for the Arkansas football team this year? Well, we got several MOs. We got Mr. KJ Jeffers. We got, uh, I believe, some receivers going to step up. We got a, a good running game, an arsenal at running back. We got maybe the best center in the country anchoring that offensive line, which is seasoned and big and tough and ready to go to battle. But then we, you talk, our secondary is pretty daggum good. And it's anchored by Mr. Catalan. And then you go to our, our linebackers. And then you touched on it a while ago, sir. Uh, we got seven home games this year. We got Alabama at home. We got Ole Miss, the Rebels, coming to Fayetteville. And then you got the Bengals, a bat new coming. And you got them in Fayetteville. Let me say this. This is going to be a great season. I'll stick by my – because when Alabama comes in October 1st, circle that game. We're 4-0. The build-up, when you talk about being in the spotlight, well, tune in. You know, I can't wait till the game take place. Eddie, I'm excited about it as well. I, I, I have real trouble like going on out on a limb and, and predicting 11 wins or even 10 wins for Arkansas right now with at least the question marks at some position groups that you have going in, those being wide receiver, defensive line, I think linebacker depth, not necessarily mm-hmm. starters, but linebacker depth. I think you're fine just about everywhere else, but I think there are enough question marks right now to say that if I was going to make a prediction on the number of wins for the season right now, I would start at nine and go down from there. Uh, but I'd have to be convinced to go down from there. I, I can't go to 10. I can't go to 11 right now. Ask us after the first couple of weeks of the season, because by then, maybe there'll be some answers about those certain position groups. And I think there's a lot of talent at wide receiver. I just don't, we don't know necessarily who will step up or the confidence that, you know, you know somebody's there to do it. Um, you know, the situation at defensive line is well covered. You just don't have a lot of returning production there and a lot of question marks at nearly every spot. And while you love bumper pool, 
Drew Sanders looking really good, and potentially Chris Poupol and a couple of other guys could emerge at linebacker. There still is a little bit of a lack of depth at linebacker. I can't go with 11. I can't go with 10, but I certainly appreciate you listening to our show. 877-377-6963. Right back, and it's halftime. At your door when I'm working, yes, you know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the man that's working hard for you. And when the money comes in for the work I do, I'll pass almost every penny on to you. When I come home, when I come home well, I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the man that's coming back to you. Guys, it's all about confidence when it's time for sex. Am I right? Sometimes stress, anxiety, or just a bad day can affect your performance and ruin the fun and passion for both of you. But don't worry, BlueChew.com is here to save the day. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew tablets help men combat all forms of ED. Because BlueChew is an online prescription service, there are no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription. BlueChew tablets are made right here in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try BlueChew free when you use our promo promo code believe at checkout just pay five dollar shipping that's bluechew.com promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive your first month free right, rolling along here on halftime on espn arkansas and hit that line.com i want to uh, celebrate a very special birthday today it is a very happy birthday one of the greatest if not the greatest sports movie that was ever made the end of the night she's and maybe this can remind you a little bit of uh, what it was like. You remember Carl Spackler just sitting up there whacking <laughs> flowers, the Cinderella boy. This movie was uh, released 42 years ago yesterday. I just watched it with my friends in North Carolina. This might have been, been the 85th time I've watched the movie. I'm close to that number, if not right at it. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty amazing to still sit there and laugh, 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 mm-hmm. even though you know every line that is being said five minutes before it's being said. This movie still holds up, and you know what movie still sucks? Caddyshack 2, because <laughs> we put it on after that. How do you go from, how do you go from an R-rated mm-hmm. classic to a PG-rated dump and think that it actually would have sold the same way? It, I don't it, know. I, I've never seen. I've never seen the second one. I, I because everybody tells me how bad it is. I don't want to sit there and and waste two hours of my life. Now there's a lot of bad movies out there that have cult cla- uh, cult followings because they're so bad they are quote unquote good. This isn't one of them. Uh, from everything that I've heard and people have told me is that it's it's not just bad. It's like bad bad. And Caddyshack is probably. Would be in one of my top ten like favorite movies. I, I know just like you, I know every line. Uh, I've loved it since I, I watched it for the first time with my dad a, a, as a kid, and uh, have I watch it every time it, it's on, and uh, that I can find it on one of the streaming services. And I I can't help but laugh. I mean every every time, every time. And then 
I mean, honestly, now, how how many times have you gone to a golf range or just gone golfing and not <sighs> stood there and said these words? What an incredible Cinderella story. This unknown comes out of nowhere to lead the pack. At Augusta, he's on his final hole. He's about 455 yards away. He's going to hit about a two iron, I think. <laughs> We got all of that. The crowd is standing on its feet here at Augusta. The normally reserved Augusta crowd going wild. For this young Cinderella who's come out of nowhere, he's got about 350 yards left. He's going to hit about a five iron at expect, don't you think? He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on its feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Uh, tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left, and he's going to... Looks like he's got about an eight iron. This crowd has gone deadly silent. Cinderella story, out of nowhere. A former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole. Hey, I'm he his- I was hoping. See, who has not stood there and shouted, it's in the hole? Even if you've never played golf in your entire life, it's one of the classic scenes of all time. It really is. I also uh, imitate the old people at the beginning of the movie. Every time I hit a bad shot, I turn to whoever I'm playing with and go, oh, Sally, I'm hot today. That's right. <laughs> I think the famous scene in Spackler's quote-unquote apartment mm-hmm. with Chevy Chase and Bill Murray, you know, the pool or a pond, mm-hmm. uh, the California Sansamia with the Kentucky bluegrass. Yes. I think that's the only time that Bill Murray and Chevy Chase have been on a movie screen at the same time. I think that's the only time they ever they filmed hate each other, don't they? together. No, I think it, I think that's a little overdone. There was a, there was a physical altercation mm-hmm. between the two uh, before a show that Chase came back to host after he'd already left the cast of SNL, which he only did one year. Mm-hmm. So they didn't like each other then, but just put Murray on the list of people that Chase has had a problem with throughout his career. It's a long you list. You see a pretty lengthy list. I think they have since uh, made amends and said really nice things about mm-hmm. each other. I don't know if it's a Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher thing. It could be. But I'm pretty sure that's the only time that the, these two uh, classic comedian actors, and I'm saying that with a little bit tongue-in-cheek for Chevy Chase because his career kind of stopped mm-hmm. after, like, 92, 93, uh, and Bill Murray's continued. But I'm pretty sure that's the only time they've been on, on camera together unless it's SNL. So, I mean, that, that scene there where he's just playing through, where, where Ty is playing through, mm-hmm. it, it's got to stand as one of the great movie scenes of all time. Oh, it is. It's just... That's the thing about the movie Caddyshack. There's just so many quotable lines that, like, you, you go back to Bill Murray's character and him talking about caddying for the Dalai Lama. And, uh, hey, she's going to stiff me. I said, Lama, hey, man, hey, how about a hey, little Wang, something for the Wang. effort? Hey, Wang, this is an exclusive club. Don't tell him you're Jewish. <laughs> that, I mean, that too. Or, or so what? So let's dance. You know, you, know, you, you bust out the dance. And obviously, everybody knows the Kenny Loggins song. And it, it's absolutely phenomenal. Top five favorite line in that movie is, uh, I'm sorry, sir, but I feel like if they kill all the golfers, they're going to throw me in jail. Not golfers, <laughs> you idiot. Golfers. Right. Oh, gosh. And, and, yet, and yet bringing in Jackie Mason to replace Rodney Dangerfield 
bringing in Dan Aykroyd to replace Chevy Chase and Jonathan Silverman to replace, and I can't remember Danny's Danny's actor's name mm-hmm. in, the, in 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 Caddyshack. Just didn't quite just didn't quite lead to the same on screen mm-hmm. magic. Although I will admit, as a child, I saw Caddyshack two before I saw the original. Oh, and there's oh, very good reason why a kid would not have been watching Caddyshack, <laughs> the R rated version. That is that is true, and I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up because. We still do this as 30 and 28. Anytime we go someplace with my father, me and my brother will both go, I'll have a hamburger and I'll have a cheeseburger. You'll have, have nothing dog. and like it. Exactly. That's exactly what my father turns and tells us both. And we still, makes- we still laugh. We still laugh. And we've been doing it for at least, gosh, at least 15 years. I guess that makes you the Smales kid, Drew. Mm-hmm. 50, kid, 50 bucks says Drew picks his nose. Double or nothing, he eats ah, it. Uh, don't, do right. it. don't do it. Don't do it. That's enough Caddyshack lines for the next 30 minutes. I guess I'll have to watch it later on tonight. 877-377-6963. Also, get over to Joe's Grilling Cantina today. They've got their Tuesday taco specials. Crispy tacos are $1 all day long. Pork carnita tacos are $2.95. It's $3.95 for the brisket or pork belly tacos. And they've added the bean burrito for $2. That's all day long today at Joe's Grilling Cantina in Fort Smith. Don't forget about their happy hour special starting at 3, ending at 6. All drinks are a dollar off. Piquito nachos are $4. And that's at Joe's Grill and Cantina. Download the waiter app to order. Joe'sFortSmith.com can order as well. Or just give them a visit. New at Eastside Liquor in Fort Smith is Hotel Tango. Hotel Tango is an artisan distillery in Indianapolis and the first combat-disabled veteran-owned distillery in the nation. Eastside Liquor now carries Hotel Tango, Schmallow Toasted Marshmallow Bourbon, Four Limoncello Only, and Rye Ready to Drink. Stop by Eastside Liquor today at 9390 Rogers Avenue and pick some up. Now, back to the podcast. Some uh, listeners texting in their remembrances of two-a-day practices. Robert and Van Buren had two days in eighth and ninth grade since he tried to kill us. And then sent, sent us a bunch of photos. I'm not sure where this is. Looks like he's at the Braves, the Atlanta Braves Stadium. I don't know if these things necessarily go together, but I love the photos of the baseball park. It's a nice place, Truist Field. Very nice. Oh, very nice. Very nice. I, I would have Charlie. loved to have gone to a game there before the All-Star break, but they were they were in Washington. So, I made it over there. Uh, would have been how far away is it from Atlanta? Because it's in Cobb County. It's close. I mean, it's like 30, 45 minutes away. It's a two-hour drive from Birmingham. So I went there. I think twenty nineteen. Okay. Uh, uh, during the SEC baseball tournament, went over and saw the Pirates do what they usually do. You know, lose mm. to whomever it is they're playing. That makes sense. Uh, Charlie the Tuna said he did eight to twelve. That was two a day practices for week one of fall camp. He's got. I mean, he's got this whole thing broken down. Charlie remembers everything about his football practices. Puked in the morning workouts, <laughs> five to seven in June, more than two a days. He was out of shape. Friday nights were the fun part. A beer a day keeps. Thought it was a, an apple a day keeps the doctor away, not a beer. Then again, I have also. I read where I forget the name the the the, the Yankees that that informed Phil Rizzuto, Hall of Fame shortstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rizzuto was probably the smallest member of those great Yankees teams, just size wise. They told him the only way to keep to keep weight on was to drink two beers after every game. <laughs> like that was that was that was like health food for major league ball players in the forties and the fifties and the sixties 
in the 70s, and then they got into some other stuff after that. <laughs> Just think about that. It's like nowadays there's all sorts of options mm-hmm. involving protein to keep your weight up, you know, and, and all kinds of hydration options i mean you can you can just pour some essentially pour some salt into mm-hmm. a into a into water and there you go you got some gatorade i mean i see these baseball players you know kind of have those uh it's it's they're disgusting mm-hmm. with the way these things smell but they're salt crystals that they can just that they can just put in their mouth uh you know and there's all kinds of 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 real food options in the hunt center once they're done two beers after a game like this, this feels didn't this feels like exactly mm-hmm. the thing that you would be told to not do after playing a major league game. But you oh, want to do it, Phil. They also smoked on the field, and Babe Ruth ate, ate like six hot dogs and drank twenty cokes before the game, and and probably a few beers uh, mixed in there as well. We we've take we translated we transitioned our athletes from everyday common folk uh, activity to the elites of the elite that have. That they truly are, and I'm not saying that you know guys back then and uh, weren't as talented or, or didn't try as hard or didn't work as hard. It's just chemi- the phys- physics of the body just weren't as well known, and, and what well, can make you better just by what you eat and you and you drink. Well, just remember, I mean, Sam Pittman even said he said there might there was a photo there was a photo of him at Pitt State mm-hmm. uh, where during a spring practice. He he was dressed out. I think but he, he wasn't hurt, playing. He was dressed yeah. out because he wasn't playing. He was still in uniform, and he had a cooler there with beer in mm-hmm. it. I mean, he admitted it was beer in there, man. It's and that wasn't all that long ago. No. I mean, it was it was it was you know a few years ago, but it really wasn't all that long ago. I just can picture, and I I, I was around minor league players long enough to know that yeah, they, some of them will have a beer or two mm-hmm. or more after a ball game, but they also like for the most part didn't drink the beer immediately after mm-hmm. a game. Like we did have an instance one time. Yeah, cool I off sh- of it. <laughs> I shouldn't mention the name of the pitcher because he did make it to the major leagues, but he's not pitching any longer. Jose Arredondo is his name, okay. so I'll just say it. He did he was a pretty he was a pretty decent minor league pitcher, got up to the big leagues. Arredondo uh so the Travelers then and pro- I think they still do at the new stadium in North Little Rock there is an apartment built for the grounds crew. Mm-hmm. The grounds crew lives at the stadium, and the, the apartment is right there in the clubhouse building, and the old uh, kegerator, which used to be in the Travelers Clubhouse when they were Cardinals affiliate, mm-hmm. the kegerator had a name, Sparky. Nice. Sparky was not allowed in the Angels Clubhouse because, mm-hmm. you know, Buzz modern kills. times. So they moved it into the intern apartment so that they could have beer on tap any moment of the day they needed. And when you're working... When you never leave the stadium mm-hmm. and morning, noon, and night you're there, you might as well just open one up in the morning, right? You might as well. I mean, free beer, right? But, big but, apparently players could have access to those beverages mm. as well. If they wanted it, and the only way, like, not the position players, mostly pitchers. Because the bullpens, the bullpens were located close enough to the this apartment oh. that a pitcher that's sitting in the bullpen and doesn't think he's going to pitch could actually go up and get one or two or mm-hmm. three. Well, there was a moment where Arredondo, who was the closer for that team, was asked to pitch in the ninth inning of a game that wasn't a save situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he... I think I've told you this story before. This was when you he, have, yeah. he got lit up. 
The manager came and took him out of the game. Arredondo walks off the mound before the skipper gets there, tosses the ball in the air to him halfway to the first baseline. I mean, it's one of the worst things I've seen a pitcher do mm-hmm. when he's being taken out of a game. And Curtis Pride threw him up against the wall and said, you're not going to act like this. Turned out the reasoning was Arredondo kind of liked to go get a couple of cold ones if he wasn't pitching <laughs> or if he didn't expect to pitch. Yeah. So closer thinks, ah, five-run game, they're not going to bring me in. I'll go get a couple of Bud Lights. Yeah, and he pitched like he had a couple of Bud Lights in him at that point. Ugh. Yeah, that's not, that's not a situation that you really want to be in. It's, it's, it's a situation that used to happen a lot, though. I mean, you, you go back and look at some of these stories, and even, you know, I don't even have to go back to really all that long ago. I mean, you go back and look at some of the clubhouse stories from around the major leagues of uh, of the 70s and, and even into uh, mid to late 80s of of guys that really didn't take care of their bodies all that well, of guys that, that ultimately cared a little bit more about the uh, party the night before than playing game, you know, 115. You know they were they were much more worried about where they were going that night than than or what they did last night than playing the game on the field the next day, and I I'd, I would like to say those those were funner times. They were they were definitely more interesting times, more innocent times. I would have liked to experience some of that. I definitely would have loved to experience a day where, as a media member, I could be go into go into work at a ball game and just go to the wall and. Pour myself a Budweiser like yeah, they had at Bush Stadium. Those were also the days where you probably were wearing a suit to the game ah. and a hat with a little card in it that says press. Oh, they had they they had tap beer in, at, uh, in St. Louis like all the way through the 90s, I think. Yeah, they had it in Pittsburgh, but you weren't able to drink it until the game was over mm. the year I interned there, too. Oh, okay. And I was too young to drink anyway, but that doesn't mean the That stopped you. Hand me one, nonetheless. Uh, all right. Hey, halftime is brought to you by Cheap Sleep Furniture in Bentonville, Springdale, and Fort Smith. If your mattress is lumpy, caved in, or it just sucks, Cheap Sleep is your number one stop for name brand mattresses at 75% off retail. They have pillow top, hybrid, firm, medium, plush, bed in a box, everything, and living room set to Cheap Sleep. So you can take home a new sofa set or sectional for only $8.99 today. At the largest same-day selection around, they'll guarantee you're going to find something you love at Cheap Sleep. If you need to see to believe it, they're open seven days a week. Stop by anytime. Cheap Sleep Furniture and Mattresses. Shop local. Shop Cheap Sleep in Bentonville, Springdale, and Fort Smith. All right. We got one segment left. Anything you want. 877-377-6963. We are also taking your... Uh, your remembrances of two a days, and there is the photo. Jr. and Peel sent the photo of Sam Pittman wearing ninety number ninety six in his, and there it is. There's the Coors Light right under his knee. Wrap it up next. Why do people do business with First Western? Because First Western builds relationships with all of their customers. They partner for the long haul to help you with your financial goals over all seasons of life. First Western is prompt, responsive, and they deliver with quick answers and on time loan closings. When is the last time your banker called you? You are looking for a high level of service and a financial partner who will listen and respond. Try First Western. For more information, visit them online at firstwestern.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
PristineAuction.com is the most trusted sports memorabilia auction site. With an A-plus BBB rating, auctions on PristineAuction.com start at just $1, and each day there are over 1,000 autographed items available. So you win signed authentic signatures at affordable prices. Just last week, an autographed Justin Herbert jersey sold for $110. Deals like these are happening all the time on PristineAuction.com, and they have just about every player you could want, including Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, and so much more. Every item on PristineAuction.com comes with a certificate of authenticity from the industry's most reputable authenticators. Upgrade your collection of signed memorabilia today and get $10 off your first item one when you use code HTL when you sign up. Again, PristineAuction.com, use code HTL and get $10 off your first item one. And that's not all. In addition to $10 off your first item, we are giving away a signed Traylon Burks Arkansas Razorbacks jersey to one lucky listener who signs up using this code HTL. Here's your chance to win. All you have to do is sign up on their website using our registration code HTL to be entered. Visit pristineauction.com slash register today. Now back to the podcast. Back on halftime here to wrap things up. First, I want to remind you, you got a lot of Major League Baseball games on TV tonight. You want to head over to Twin Peaks and Rogers to watch them all. They've got games blasting from every single angle. Best food you'll find. It's made-from-scratch fan favorites. And the ultimate game day experience at Twin Peaks Restaurant in Rogers. Or visit them online, TwinPeaksRestaurant.com, and order delivery and enjoy your Twin Peaks scratch favorites from home. More TVs, bigger screens, and scenic views. More to watch at Twin Peaks. What did you woe at? What's going on? All right, I tried to send a picture of it to you real quick, but this is absolutely amazing. This is coming out uh, earlier today. Uh, Apparently, over the last, let me quickly skim, 34 days, 11 hours, or 14 hours and 11 minutes, a group of four women have been rowing from San Francisco, California, all the way to Hawaii, which is over 240 nautical miles to 2,400 2400. 2400 nautical miles. Yes, yes, 2,400 nautical miles uh, to break a world record for, I guess, the longest distance uh, road. But they're literally just on a modified uh, rowboat that I think has like two sleeping compartments and... Man, this thing is crazy. I can't wait to read the rest of this story. But can you imagine in a rowboat, basically a modernized rowboat for 34 days, 14 hours, and 11 minutes going from San Francisco all the way to Hawaii? I mean, that is absolutely incredible. I mean, that is a days. That makes me realize that staying in hotels 34 out of 37 days during the baseball postseason wasn't difficult. <laughs> no, 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 no. You had air conditioning. You didn't have to fight the elements. You didn't have sharks swimming around you. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. I mean, talk about, you know, the, you know, we talked about how much athletes have changed and, you know, the incredible strength that it takes. I mean, these four women, I mean, just not only the physical strength that this probably took, but definitely the mental strength because once you start this i mean once you get so far in there's no turning back there, there's no calling for help because it's not like it's going to come anytime soon unless uh, i haven't skimmed the article enough to know if there was an actual boat falling behind them for you know safety reasons in case there was injuries or or bad storms but 
once you start this task, there is no turning back. So that this is absolutely insane. I'm looking at the story on ABC News. Uh, com. That's where everybody can go check this out. But have you ever committed to doing anything for 34 days straight besides this radio show? And we even take weekends off. Yeah, we don't do it 34 days. Have you ever done anything for 34 days in a row? I, the only thing I could think of that would deal with work would maybe be 34 days in a row with a minor league baseball game. Because the old, the old, the way that would y'all play 34 days without. Yeah, the break. way that the league used to schedule was you couldn't do any more than 21 days in a row, mm-hmm. but there could be a rain out thrown in there. And you, so you, I don't think I've ever done 34 days in a row, but I'm sure it's happened at some point. But I don't, yeah, 34 days in a row with the exact same people on a small boat. Mm-hmm. Like if you're on a yacht, whatever. Yeah. If you're no. on a cruise ship, fine. You can get away from people. I like to have some alone time. Uh, there is no alone time on a rowboat with, I don't know how many women were on this boat. Four. But even if there were two, <laughs> like it's like I need to get away from you. I'm just gonna go swimming for a little bit. You row, I'll swim. Stay and keep me away from the sharks while you're at it. I mean, just, wow. I mean, this is insane. I mean, people talk the, about the you know climbing Mount Everest as, as an as a goal as a as something that not too many people can do. I highly doubt that anybody will break this record. I mean, for one, who's insane enough to try to break this record? How do you keep yourself? San Francisco to Hawaii. I mean, hopefully they had, uh, I mean, there's no cell phone signals out there. Mm-mm. Satellite phone. You, you, I'm sure mean, they you did, to, just in case something some went kind wrong. Of a, you, 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 a really important piece of work for this for this achievement is figuring out the soundtrack, your playlist for 34 oh. straight days. It's got, I mean. And you got to have a variety. The same song over yeah. and over again, man, right? I mean, even if it's everyone picked out like a hundred of their favorite songs, those 400 songs, they're going to get old really quick after 34 days. So you've got to have uh, unlimited iTunes access or Spotify, Amazon, probably all three. Like, I don't know if I could just spend be that close to anybody for 34 days. I'd like to say I could do, I could be that close to, you know, be stuck on a rowboat for 34 days with my fiance and be fine. But I don't even know if I could do that. Like, I don't know if I like people that much. I need my I need my space. I need my time. Like goodness gracious, be, these are these things that the that your significant other and your future misses are aware of that you need all this alone time. Does she know what she's getting herself into? Well, I, I'm pretty sure she doesn't want to spend 34 days, 14 hours, and 11 straight minutes with me. I don't either. know. After all the time you guys have spent apart, living apart, and she might be looking at it from a different angle. That is true. That is true. But I th- I think we could make it a good, I think we could make it 33 days. I think it's that last stretch. You know, yeah. you know, it's like when, when you're running a marathon, everybody says the first 36 miles are easy. It's the last point, to, uh, point two that will get you. Like, so it's kind of, it might be that, that same, uh, that same philosophy. It's, it's not the long stretch of time. It's that last little bit that's going to really separate the men from the boys. You have to appreciate the human spirit sometimes. And it's like, so we look at a marathon as something that feels extreme. Then there are people that run 100-mile races. Mm-hmm. You know, we think going out for a 30-mile for a bike ride feels extreme. Then there are people that go out and ride 500-mile bike races. <sighs> I know somebody in Fayetteville who has swam the English Channel before. Feels a little bit dangerous to do something like that. Yes, but it is. he likes to push himself. Um, yeah. I, I mean, know. I like to hike, but I know I've heard you, you hear stories of people that, that go uh, hike from, uh, what's the trail out, the Pacific Trail that goes from up, all the way from Mexico up through Canada? There's obviously that a- Appalachian Trail that goes from, from Georgia all the way up to Maine, I believe. It like, does. I like to hike. I don't like to hike that much. 
Yeah, there's a difference between hiking and living on the hiking trail. Yes, that is completely for like a six month period. I don't know. I kind of enjoy air conditioning. Yeah, I don't mind camping, but I don't. I don't. I don't really like camping in the first place. Like I like to go hiking, but camping's not my thing. I'm more of a like my mother. My idea of camping is a two star hotel. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Or sleeping in the car. You yeah. Know, if you really, if you really want a roughing, you just go sleep yeah. in the car. Even when you, even when you didn't mean <laughs> to, you can call that roughing it. Uh, all right. It's been fun today throughout halftime. Uh, Ruskin and Zach take you uh, later on, starting at three o'clock, and we're back with you tomorrow with Clay Henry and Bill King, and uh, lots to get to as well tomorrow. Arkansas football at the top of the list. Always appreciate your calls and texts. For those who send in your uh, two-a-day, uh, rank, your two-a-day memories, uh, thanks for delving deep into the recesses of your poor, tortured heart <laughs> and remembering what that felt like. Uh, and for Maddie and Drew, always appreciate you guys. I'm Phil. Have a great rest of your Tuesday. Now, get up, get out, and get better. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.